Hello, good morning. It's good to be here, isn't it? Can't think of a better way to start a Christmas day than to come and to share with some of those people we love, to share the Christmas message and to sing songs and to worship and adore our Saviour. Well, Phil read earlier um, from the scripture and it was about the wise men. And if you've been here um, in previous years, you would have heard us talk about some of the myths in regards to these wise men. And one of them was that we don't actually know there was three, right? We know there was three gifts, but there could have been one, or no, men must have been two at least, or there could have been a lot more. We don't know. But what we do know is that they were highly educated. These were smart guys. They were very likely to be incredibly wealthy, and they were desperate to meet the one who might be the saviour of the world. For when they saw the star, Matthew 2 verse 10 tells us they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped Jesus. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now, when I had babies, no one gave me any gold, frankincense or myrrh. Like what, what kind of gifts are these? Like, what kind of gifts are these? What, what did you get when you had babies? What sort of gifts are pretty normal? Nappies. nappies. Yeah, we got a lot of nappies when we had the girls and we needed them. They lasted about two weeks. Anything else? Clothes, bibs, onesies, you know. Who, who received heaps and heaps of onesies? Yeah, lots and lots of onesies. Well, actually, my favourite gift, I think this is going to come up, my favourite gift that we receive was this. This is Brad. And at this stage, he's about four or five months old. And that is a jolly jumper. Now, I want to put a disclaimer in that I've read recently. Um, child safety experts recommend you don't use a jumper for your child because a stationary place centre is a safer alternative. So this isn't trying to sell a jolly jumper. That's the disclaimer this morning. I don't even know if they sell them anymore. But this was the most useful gift that we received. This gift enabled me to cook to clean, to get work done, to have a little tiny nap while sitting on the couch nearby because he loved this thing. He would jump in this thing for hours and he can walk and he's sort of fairly normal so I'm assuming it didn't do him too much damage. <laughs> sort of normal. <laughs> but when, when, when Brad was a kid, this is how I got everything done. Now, I think Mary needed one of these. If they were really wise men, they would have given him a jolly jumper. <laughs> But that's not actually true because these wise men didn't come to bring practical gifts. The gifts weren't supposed to be overly useful, although they would have been, and that's another story for another time, in the, in the distant future they would be useful. But these gifts were just valuing the Christ child for who he was. These wise men travelled to Bethlehem from eastern land somewhere on the other side of the Arabian desert. They didn't merely wander or let the wind take them. They actually planned this. They came intentionally to see, to honour and to worship and anoint as true royalty the one who had been prophesied from long ago. The newborn baby here in Matthew in chapter 2 is referred to as Christ. And sometimes I think we fall into the trap of thinking that Christ is just Jesus' surname, but that's not the, that's not the fact. Christ tells us who Jesus was. Matthew 1 verse 1, right at the beginning of his gospel, he says, this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Luke's gospel as well, right near the beginning in Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story, we hear the angels to the shepherds saying, for unto you this day in the city of David a saviour is born who is Christ the Lord. It's who he is. The word Christ if you just humour me for a moment, is traced back to a root word. 
And this word is a word that we can't really explain properly in our English language, but it means to use as an ointment or as a salve. You know, it's like a lotion. It's like something that's going to help. It's something that's rubbed on. And it often has connection to the coronation of a king, the anointing of a king. And so this, these wise men, they came in and they were the first ones, if you like, to declare, this is our king. They kneel in the same posture as, as they would have happened in a royal setting of anointing a king. They're saying here, this is the king of the Jews. This is our king. So they travelled, probably for way more than weeks, probably more like months or maybe even years, we don't know. But they came with gifts for a king, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And these gifts were very costly items. That's probably why no one gave them to me when I had kids. I don't have hugely rich friends. But by the time they made their way to Jesus, he probably had no need for a jolly jumper. He was probably about two years old in a house, they tells us, and in Bethlehem. Soon, the wannabe king of the Jews, Herod, would send his soldiers on an errand that would break this silent night into screams of horror. When Herod summoned the wise men upon their arrival into Jerusalem, he wanted to know from these men what time the star had appeared, verse 7 says. He wanted to understand how long this threat had been breathing near his palace in Bethlehem. Herod frantically found out from his advisors where the newborn Christ king had been born according to the prophecies he was informed of. The Magi told Herod what he needed to know, that they'd seen the star in lands at such a time and with quick math he was able to work out the newborn king could be anywhere up to two years old. So what does he do? He couldn't take a chance that someday someone would take his throne. He took matters into his own hands and he made sure that all the boys were killed who were under two years old. That's how far he went to ensure his reign. But Jesus humble baby. He entered on completely different terms, entered our world as king of the Jews. And he was spared as Joseph would be warned in a dream to rise and take Jesus and Mary to Egypt to, to escape the death. And I find it fascinating that, that the place that God leads the Holy Family to at this time is back to the place where God led his people out of back in the Exodus. Amid our chaos God still has a plan, even though we don't always know the fullness of that in its intent of time. When the exodus was about to take place all those years before, God was unfolding a plan that only he could concoct. Remember the word Christ rubbed on, used as an ointment or salve? Well, when God was giving Moses the plans to spare the Israelites, to create a way to escape, the Egyptians who were enslaved were to, told to rub on, the blood of a Passover lamb. Rub on the door frames this blood in order to prevent death from coming into the neighbourhood that night back in Egypt. And so on the night the silence was broken in Bethlehem by Herod's soldiers, God was leading Moses, sorry, God was leading Joseph and Mary and Jesus back to Egypt to ensure that the Christ would grow up to complete his mission of saving the world. God's plans are not our plans. Jesus was born to be our king, the wise men declare. Jesus was born to be our saviour, God declares. So mostly it's kings who are anointed, but in some cases in the Old Testament, we see prophets and high priests or priests being anointed. 
And the priest essentially would be the representative of the people before God. The priest would pray, he would make sacrifices on behalf of the people who could not approach God themselves. And the Bible tells us that our, our Jesus, the baby in a manger, he grew not to be a distant saviour, but to be our high priest, one who understands and who cares. Listen to these beautiful words from Hebrews chapter 4, 14 to 15. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we did, but he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help where we need it most. You know, the wise men that night were pretty bold. They approached their king. And we too were given permission to come to the throne of God with boldness to approach our king. And Christ, the one who saves our king, the one who we worship, he relates to our trials. He knows our pain. If you're feeling stressed right now and overwhelmed, he understands. If you face anxiety, he gets it. If you deal with crazy people in your family, Jesus dealt with crazy people in his family. Every family has crazy. He gets it. Think about how much Jesus understands. Jesus was conceived out of wedlock to a teenage mum. Scandalous. He was raised in a small town where everyone whispered about him. He lived in poverty. He was criticised. He was ridiculed, bullied. He was tempted by the devil again and again. And when he was at his weakest and most vulnerable... Jesus experienced the death of a close friend. He grieved the loss of family members. He was accused of things he didn't do. His friends betrayed him. And worst of all, when he hung on the cross, he felt abandoned by God. He wasn't. God was there. But he felt that way because Jesus, the high priest, became sin for us, giving his life for us. And as he cried out in agony, my God, my God, where are you? He felt lost. If you've ever felt like you can't reach the presence of God, that God seems so far away, Jesus understands that too. And so today we're invited by the scripture to think again about what it means for Jesus to be our king, to be our saviour, to be our high priest who understands. And we're also invited like the wise men to come to him with appropriate gifts the gift of surrender, the gift of obedience, the intentional gift of our lives, the gift of honouring him, acknowledging his kingship and the fact that he is our saviour. The ensemble is going to come and they're going to start to play for us. But today, I want to give you the chance, just a little gift of time here before whatever your day brings to spend a few moments with God in his presence. And as you came in, hopefully you received a box. And if you didn't, there's more up the back. Maybe, John, you can make sure they're there. Thanks, John. And you could go and get one in this time if you like. And this isn't a gift. There's nothing in it. Our fear was that you'd open up and you'd think there was chocolates or something and there'd be nothing. But this gift this morning is a symbol. I invite you to see it as a symbol of your life, a symbol of surrender, a symbol of giving a gift to a king who is worthy of our everything, to come as the wise men did, representing your honour, your worship, 
We can come with everything we are, even in our weak state, vulnerable, even in the circumstances of our life, even if they seem a bit chaotic at the moment. We don't have to have it together. We can come and we can give our all to the one who is worthy. We're going to sing a beautiful song, what the ensemble is, and they'll invite us to join us in time, which talks about this Saviour King who had no home. Unlike Herod who fought for his throne, this Saviour King was for the world. Nowhere was his home. He came, the words tell us of this song, to heal our sorrows, to raise the lonely, and maybe most importantly for us today, in his hands he holds tomorrow. He's a king that we can trust with our future. And I invite you to make that declaration today by coming and placing your gift, the gift of yourself on the mercy seat. Say you are worthy of my all in this time as we listen and sing together.